0: Welcome back to the Earn Your Happy podcast. And I'm so excited for you guys to meet my guest, Kate McGibbon. She is the creator of Secret Bloggers Business, where she shares everything she's learned about how to create, grow, and run a successful blogging business. She started in 2007 as one of Australia's largest independent lifestyle blogs, Drop Dead Gorgeous Daily, and grew it to a team of five with over 500,000 visitors a month and several awards. You guys, this woman is so brilliant, you are going to definitely want to listen to this conversation all the way to the end, whether you are interested in a blog, an online business, or you just have some creative ideas that you potentially think you may want to monetize. Because in this episode, what you're going to learn is lessons that she has learned from creating a successful business. And then she shut down that successful business down and started from scratch and you're going to hear why she shut down something that was already working and completely started over again. And she also answers the question, can you start a successful blog right now in 2017? Also her biggest lessons from 10 years of blogging, all of the different ways that you can monetize your online business and your blog and also how to launch it with a bang to make sure that whatever it is that you're doing really gets out there in the world, and how to find profit in your passion. So you guys, we cover literally everything. Of course, you know, it's my podcast. So we went to some really soulful places as well. This woman is fun, funny, amazing, and I know you're going to love it. So let's get started. Kate, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I'm really excited to have you today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's a real pleasure. You guys, Kate is in my mastermind. And I have been waiting for this conversation because every time that I got to hear you even give us a little bit of knowledge in our mastermind, I was so intrigued and you have a beautiful site, So I'm really excited just to learn more today. So for anyone who doesn't know who you are or what you're up to, could you share a little bit of your backstory and also what you're doing right now?
1: Yeah, sure. So, um, Originally, I think like a lot of entrepreneurs end up, you know, I had a few different careers before I sort of landed on working for myself. I worked in <clears throat> sorry, fashion magazines for a while. I worked in advertising for a while and none of them felt quite right. Um, but it was when I was actually running a website for one of the major fashion magazines here in Australia um, back in, gosh, 2007. <laughs> Um, we were redoing their website and I kind of came to them with proposal that this whole, you know, little online shopping thing was starting to take off and I thought that maybe we should make that a bigger deal on the website and you know the magazine is all about shopping really um but in physical stores I'm like let's make the website all about shopping online um and everything has to be available to be able to be bought online and ship internationally and all that stuff and they're kind of like oh no oh gosh did you hear that sorry there's massive thunder just above
0: wow me. that's amazing that's awesome yeah it's
1: crazy weather here in Melbourne today um so yeah so I was like you know what what do you think of that idea? And they didn't love it. Um, they were like, kind of. I suppose Australia online shopping was only just starting to take off. Like people were using eBay, and that was about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was like, well, I really like the idea. Do you mind if I do something with it? And they're like, no, no, go away, go do that. So um, <laughs> I created my first business, um, which was called Drop Dead Gorgeous Daily, and it was basically a daily newsletter um, that went out, which had one like really cool, cute thing, or something that was just like an amazing bargain, or something like all very fashion related, um, and a cute little write up and a link to buy it and a everything was available online and you know it could ship internationally that was my thing i want everyone to be able to purchase the stuff and that took off really really quickly and i think we had like sorry i use the royal we when i talk about my businesses but it was just me um you know <laughs> had like twenty thousand subscribers in the first six months and i was getting advertisers chasing me and all that stuff and um by about sort of 12 months in i was pretty much earning the same as what i was earning in my journalism job which you know, to be honest, isn't hard. Journalists get paid pretty poorly. Um, And at the same time, I got a new boss and she wasn't particularly very nice. She was definitely channeling the whole Devil Wears Prada thing a bit too hard. Mm -hmm. So I just thought, well, you know, if I'm going to see if this thing can do something, I kind of have to give it my full attention. So why not make the leap and, yeah, start doing that full time. So I then had this like fashion website, um, which I ran up until last year and it ended up having, you know, a staff of five that pretty much ran it for me. And that gave me um, the space a few years ago to start my new business, which is secret bloggers business um, where I got to teach people, you know, what I would learned from setting up an online publishing business that then kind of be, it was weird because it didn't start as a blog, but it became a blog Mm -hmm. Um, but, you know, all around like growing traffic and all the different ways of monetizing and getting staff and dealing with all those tech headaches and all of that stuff. So that's what um, Secret Bloggers Business became. And yeah, that's what I'm doing now.
0: Mm, amazing. So how did it even start? How did you really get the idea around something that you love doing? Like from basically start to finish, what did that look like when you sat down and said, OK, I want to do this thing?
1: Um, well, secret bloggers business was one of those weird little epiphany kind of moments. Um, I think, at the point that I came up with the idea for it, I'd it's something that I had been sort of denying for a while. I think, like you know how you have these niggling ideas, and you're like, oh no, no, I can't do that. I don't want to do that. Always. Um, and I had this like belief that um, those who can't do teach. Mm. And I thought if I decided to start teaching blogging, um, when mine wasn't, you know, it wasn't like a multi-million dollar blog, like it earned, you know, multiple six figures and did very well. But in my head, it felt like a failure to then start teaching and take my focus off it. Mm. Um, and it was just stupid, <laughs> basically. But one day, I was, yeah, I was, I was getting a massage for my birthday. It's like a, my tradition on my birthday, I just go and treat myself for a day, and. I'd had about five people in that week who were like friends who are bloggers um, as well who'd all been, you know, running their online businesses for, you know, the same period of time as me. Some of them had bigger audiences than me and none of them were making a reliable income and they were had all come to me like in a really short period of time and were like, can you, you know, if I buy you dinner or something, can you tell me how to fix this? Mm. And I was like, okay, well, maybe maybe I should do something. And then literally while I was getting that massage, I just this, like, Almost like this, like, you know, lightning moment. It's like, you're an idiot. Here's the name. Go and do it. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, so I just I thought, oh, well, you know, I'm always a bit cautious. I, I'm like a big believer in sell it before you do it. Mm-hmm. So I um, just popped up a blog post and then it sent out an email to my email list the next day. And it wasn't even like the right target market really. Like these are people interested in fashion, not in blogging so much, but there was, was a bit of crossover. And I just said, hey, I'm thinking about running this course and this is what it's going to be about. And if you want to, you know, if you would like to do it, here's a button to, to buy now kind of thing. And it didn't even connect to anything. It was just a PayPal button. I had to like manually chase all these people up afterwards. But, um, you know, I had a hundred people sign up for it. So I went, okay, well maybe this is a thing I have to go and do now. Oh God.
0: Okay. So you didn't, you didn't even have it created at that point. It was like, this is what I am thinking of doing by now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was
1: like it was a pretty it was a pretty good deal. Like it was a pre-sale, you know, kind of thing, but um yeah, I hadn't even like I didn't even have a website for it yet. It was just Here's a literally an embedded PayPal button in a blog post.
0: Oh my God. I love that you just shared that because people think it's totally different. Like that you have this program and you've been tweaking it It's and it's perfect. And that's exactly how I launched one of my first programs too. It was like, you almost have to set it so that you have to. And also to feel out the interest. It's like nothing is going to motivate you more than having to <laughs> because oh, ex-
1: people have paid for it. Yeah, exactly. Because it's one of those things you can put it off forever. You can be like, oh, not this week. I'm a bit busy. Or maybe I'll do it next month. Or I've just got to get this perfect. And then nothing's things are never going to be perfect. And you'll just never do it. So it's better off to start it now. Like I'm still tweaking my courses. They're mm-hmm. still not perfect, but you know, they get people good results. So, um, mm-hmm. you just kind of got to be happy with that. <laughs> mm,
0: no, that is, that is like, if you guys get anything from this whole podcast, that's like entrepreneur one oh one. like just get it out there, feel the interest. Like if you know, it's in you, you're going to create it. If people show, you know, if people already showed up. So thank you for that. Okay. So how do you feel about people who want to start a blog now? Do you think that's something that, you know, you get an idea that it could still be really successful if I started a blog today.
1: It definitely could. Um, I think it's easier in some ways and harder in some ways as well. Um, It's easier because there's so many cool tools and stuff around and, you know, there's so many people now willing to share their knowledge and stuff like that. So things that you used to have to do manually, like you didn't even used to be able to schedule a Facebook post before. Like it was all manual. I had all these reminders going off in my calendar, going post on Facebook, do this thing, do this thing. Like everything was manual. It was insane. Um, But, you know, you can, without even paying for staff, you can automate so much of your business now. It's amazing. Um, And it's so easy to get set up. But on the flip side of that, obviously, because it's easy, everyone can do it. Um, But I feel like, people coming into the space now, they just, if they're wanting it to be their business, um, because a lot of people just start blogs for a hobby and that's totally fine as well. But I think people need to know what they want to get out of it. Like, yes, okay, they want this to be a business. They want it to be profitable. Then they got to put, you know, their big girl business pants on and make some of those tough decisions and really come at it from a place of service. Um, back in the, I call it like the old days of blogging, um, bloggers used to be really selfish. And I don't mean this in like, a, I don't want to be rude to bloggers, but A blog used to be like, hey, this is what I like. This is what Mm -hmm. I think. Um, And now it really needs to be like, hey, how can I help you? Mm -hmm. And this is my experiences and these are my, you know, this is my knowledge and how can I use it to serve an audience? And if you do that, um, like if you can find a group of people that you love helping and you have the, the skills and expertise to help and you don't even have to be the biggest expert in the world, you just have to be a few steps down the track from where they are and just help them get those few steps um, then you can be, you can be really, really successful. But I think if you come into it going, Oh, I just want to take photos of, um, what I had for breakfast and sometimes write about, you know, this TV show that I like, and then you just kind of expect money to happen. Unfortunately, that's not going to be the case.
0: Yeah. That's like Instagram. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So I want to know who, you know, for people who maybe aren't super familiar, um, with blogging, maybe they, uh, you know, maybe they don't follow blogs, but they have some ideas for some different businesses. Who is the ideal blogger? Who would this be a good fit for?
1: Um, a blogger, I, I kind of interchange with blogger and infopreneur these days. Cause I feel like the lines are very, very like, and coaches and stuff. We're all kind of bloggers. Like bloggers is yeah. really anyone who's creating content online and using that content to uh, you know, build a community to sell products or services of some kind. Um, but you know, a lot of their marketing comes from creating this content. And I think the other sort of clarifying thing is that they're putting themselves into their content. So maybe you've got a personal brand or something like that, rather than just, you know, blogging behind a, um, behind a logo, you're kind of your faces on it and your, it's your knowledge and it's your, um, expertise that you're writing about. So I think to be, um, a good one of those, um, you know, you don't even have to be an amazing writer. You just have to have a passion and you have to have a point of view, um, and just be happy to just, you know, spill your words out onto the internet and, um, you know, use those to help either, you know, inspire people or help them to make changes or to, you know, increase their own skills or whatever it is that you're doing. Um, But I think it really just has to come from that. You've got to have that passion and you've got to just be um, happy to be a bit of a content machine, I suppose. Mm -hmm.
0: Okay. So what do you think are some of the best ways? Let's just use, for example, let's say I, because a lot of our audience is either entrepreneurs or into fitness or health or wellness or mindset. So maybe I'm into all of those things, health, wellness mindset. I'm really interested in just starting a business online uh, what do you think are some really great ways to possibly get into it and start monetizing it?
1: Yeah, sure. So, I think you've like number one thing is you kind of have to find your niche, um, and a lot of times people do. They come in and they're multi passionate, and they've got a lot of things that they want to. It's like you know, so I want to help people with this and sort of this and sort of that. Um, and I kind of say to people like, go go free range for a few months if you can't decide. Um, you know, write blog posts about all of the things that you love and are passionate about and try and just get, you know, get a bit of a feel for the content, which comes the most naturally to you, the ones that gets the best responses from people. Um, and sort of let that kind of guide you because I think when people start a blog um, they sort of expect, they sort of think, Oh, it's going to be perfect from day one. Again, this is this thing. perfections, not a thing. Um, but in reality, you know, maybe your mom and your cat will read your first blog post. So don't stress about it too much. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But just sort of, yeah, give yourself a couple of months if you can't decide to just have a play and just experiment and see, again, yeah, what feel what you feel more drawn to and what you then feel like you want to write more about. And also what maybe when you're sharing it with people, they're kind of then asking you questions about it and you're noticing there's more engagement probably will be around one topic over another. Um, and then the other thing is to just sit down and do a big brainstorm on each topic and see which one you can come up with the most, um, you know, the most content, the most ideas around and... Um, There's like a bunch of, you know, different prompts to use for brainstorms. It's things like, um, you know, writing out all the different times of year and seasons and stuff and thinking, okay, well, how can I create content around that? So is it stuff that's going to be relevant to Christmas or spring or whatever? And um, looking at all the questions people have asked you, thinking about, I don't know, this is a whole kind of process, but if you do a big brainstorm... And if you can get at least 100 ideas that you think are good ideas around a topic, that's normally probably got enough legs in it to then go and, you know, sort of pursue it.
0: Mm, so good. OK, so again, it's putting something out there and seeing what sticks and not waiting to be perfect or waiting for this idea to be like, this is the idea, the lightning bolt idea. It's the perfect one. It's so, you know, the thing that's going to carry me through It that that is like gold to be able to just put a ton of stuff out there and see what you're audience is saying to you so what it when you were putting things out there were you getting a lot of feedback from your audience so you were like oh they want more of this did something surprise you or was it kind of what you thought
1: yeah like so with both of my businesses this has happened and it's kind of started to dictate what we sort of focused on and so with um drop Day gorgeous daily we started very much as like the advertising sponsorship model which is uh it was admittedly a lot easier back then it's quite difficult to make any decent money off nowadays um uh, but just we decided at one point like okay we need to find different ways of monetizing I don't want to be an ad salesperson forever um and so we started playing with doing e-products and things like that and we would test out whether or not um you know an idea had legs by running maybe a free challenge or something like that on that topic and if you got a bunch of people signing up for it and they were like really engaging and interacting with it they're like okay well what what can be a next step Mm -hmm. um and the same with secret bloggers business you know I'm a terrible constant course creator. I've got actually got eight. I just hide them because it's impossible to be promoting eight things at once. Yeah. Um, and you know, but whenever I, you know, I do a lot of free challenges and I run, a, I've got a Facebook group and we run a lot of challenges in there as well. And it's like, some of them you think, yeah, this would be amazing. People will love this. And it's just crickets. And then other ones, um, You know, you think, oh, this little thing, who's interested in that? And it goes bananas. So you do have to test stuff. And there's so many great ways to test stuff for free these days. It's kind of, you know, I love allowing my audience to kind of lead me.
0: Mm, So awesome. Okay, so kind of what I'm hearing is there is a lot – of work involved just like with anything when you are becoming or making the decision to be an entrepreneur and i think that maybe people just in in my opinion and i think i did it myself um, underestimate the amount of work that can actually go in in the beginning or during certain times so what is something that we can expect to if we want to monetize and make money what's a what's an expectation um, on creating a blog or creating an online platform like this?
1: Uh, if people are wanting it to become like their full-time income, mm-hmm. um, I say allow 12 months that as a minimum, like really, cause you have to, um, obviously kind of get it set up, get into kind of like, and, and you know, like getting your website and all of that stuff, like it, that all takes time um, then you have to be out there building an audience and be prepared to really engage with them, particularly like even more, like you have to stay engaged with them, but at the start, you've got to like be their best friends basically, um, and be really super responsive and stuff like that. Cause, um, you know, that's how people remember you and how they connect with you and how they keep coming back and start to tell people like, that's how you sort of like start building your tribe. And that takes a lot of time. And then at the same time, obviously you're, you're trying to content creation takes forever as well. So, um, I think, yeah, realistically people need to be okay with this. Like if it's going to be like this side hustle, they're going to be doing it on the side and trying to get it set up like 12 months is realistic. Um, six to 12 months, like some people get it done much, much, much quicker. It depends on how established, I suppose you are as an expert or something, maybe in your, in your niche and also what it is you're, how you're looking to monetize. Cause there's the different ways of doing that. Um, But I think the other thing as far as expectations wise is people have seemed to think that they have to be this, um, like that they have to compete with like massive teams when they're only a team of one. And, you know, you don't have to do a blog post every day. You don't even have to do one every week. You just have to, um, consistency is really important with, um, any kind of content marketing and that includes blogging and stuff. So you just have to sit down and figure out what's realistic for you and something you can stick to. And then, um, you know, just as long as you're consistent with that and the stuff that you're creating is awesome value and, you know, that like gives a lot to your audience, then that's way better than trying to just churn out rubbish um, because someone told you you have to post twice a week.
0: So good. I think that's one of the biggest things that I hear is people just, they end up quitting way too early. Like, Oh, well, people didn't like me or people weren't engaged. And I'm like, were you interested in them? Like how much were you showing up? And it takes so much work, which is amazing. I just want people to know that that's what you're choosing. It's exciting. Like you get to do this with this possibility of something even more fun and bigger on the other side. So how do you stay? Cause I know what that content creation feels like not even half as much as you I mean like yes. <laughs> a year like the queen so how do you stay in the beginning um h- how do you keep up with that stay passionate
1: um, yeah it's like it's, there's good days and bad days with I think even you know I've been in business for 10 years now and there's still you know a few days ago where I was like oh do I really have to do work today? <laughs> Yeah. You, and then there's other days you spring out of bed and you're super excited and that's, you know, luckily is most of the time, but um, like staying passionate, you really just need to know why it is that you're doing it. I think that's, I've got it like written on a whiteboard in front of me and everyone's reason is different. And I think people, a lot of people like beat themselves up when their why isn't like, they, like they're not the Dalai Lama and their why isn't like to change the world and stuff like that. Like your why can be to give yourself freedom to spend more time with your family. Like that's an amazing motivator if that's something that you want. Or your why could be that, um, you know, you want to do a job every day that you find interesting and that, you know, is, um, you know, that you look forward to doing. Like that's a totally good why as well. It doesn't have to be, oh, I want to change the lives of 10,000 people. That could be, That's I mean, that's an amazing why, but if I know that some people it doesn't always resonate with. And I had, like personally, I had a bit of why guilt for a bit. Like I was like, because... My why is about, um, well, it's, there's a few of them, but <laughs> it's, it's mostly about like being able to spend my time doing something that I love mm-hmm. because I, I think the idea of working a nine-to-five job when you, you know, it's not something that you're super passionate about or something super exciting to you, um, it sounds like a waste of your life. And I've never wanted, I've always had this thing that I, would, I don't want to waste my life. It's, it's too short. Mm-hmm. So that was, that's my why. Like I want to be able to just keep doing this thing that I love Mm-hmm. no matter what. Um, and when you kind of, you know, you come back to that, even on the hard days, you're like, well, if I'm not doing this, then I don't get to, to have that. So, okay, I'm going to go hustle now. That's, mm-hmm. that's how I keep going anyway. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: So you said there's a few of them. What are the other ones? Um, well, I, I have a new
1: goal. Um, and that is and hopefully by the end of next year, I'll be there, but I want to save a child's life a day.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow. Um,
1: Amazing. which I know I said, you don't have to have like this holier than now thing. And that does sound quite, you know, But it's um, ever ever since I was a little kid, I've been wanting to um, I used to want to go and adopt a baby from somewhere like, uh, you know, India or Bangladesh or somewhere where there's, you know, there's a lot of these children who just need um, need help. And that's probably unfortunately not going to happen in my lifetime this time around. But I thought, well, the same time out I can get, you know, I can still help these kids, even if it's not just one of them so closely one on one. And What's the best way you can do that? And I found some amazing programs that really, really help um, disadvantaged kids, um, straight kids, stuff like that. So I want to, I've kind of, yeah, mm-hmm. I want to um, help them to uh, do the best stuff, best work as well.
0: Oh, I love that. And, you know, I'm so glad that you shared both of them because I think that whys start out small and they evolve. So, you know, whys are like at first, it's like this little, you know, nugget of something, you're like, oh yeah, that would be awesome. And maybe it's like, I mean, it can be, some, it can be a pair of shoes, you guys, because that pair of yeah. shoes <laughs> represents something else. So don't yeah. ever feel, Chris and I talk about this all the time. Cause you know, his, his podcast is, um, for the love of money. So he always talks about, don't be ashamed of your why. So I love that you said that. Cause sometimes it starts out with, you know what? I would really just love to have a new car that didn't have issues all the time. Like that would really make my life right now. So. Yeah
1: and it changes, right? Well, my like when I started my first business, it, I called it my shoe money business. It was literally <laughs> I spent. All day writing. I worked in fashion magazines, but all day looking at these amazing, amazing things. And I was shopping at Target, and I was like, "This isn't fair. I want to just make an extra five hundred bucks a month so I can buy some nice shoes sometime."
0: Oh my god! I re- I literally remember being in Target, being like, you know, I would love to go into a store just once and buy exactly what I wanted without even looking at the price tag. And that was a huge motivator for me because I had never done that. So yeah, <laughs> it's just and, and you get this, freedom. Like,
1: And you kind of get this guilt though, like you're going, oh, I'm a bad person. If I'm motivated by money or by having a more comfortable life and it's, it doesn't Mm -hmm. make you a bad
0: person. (laughs) You know, I don't think freedom is something to be ashamed of because what happens is those at first we might just be like, oh, it's a decision of not having to worry or think, or, you know, it, it feels free. But what happens is the more that you make these decisions from that place of freedom, the more you say, wow, what else can I do? Or you have this extra time and all of a sudden you can do things with that time and you can create things. And now maybe you have more money to go and help other people feel free. So it's such a progression that I'm so glad that you shared that. So if somebody has uh, something that they want to launch, like they're getting an idea right now, listening to this podcast, they're getting really excited. They're ready to put some work in. How can they make sure that their blog, their, uh, program that they're going to launch is not going to fall flat.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, there's never a hundred percent guarantee. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I think there's definitely some great things that people can go and do to sort of test the waters. So obviously one of them is the, you know, if they already have a bit of a list, um, is to maybe go and contact the most engaged people on their list. Like most email service providers should let you see who is it that, who's opening and, you know, clicking the most, like give yourself almost like a little focus group of those people um, and contact them and say, Hey, you know, give them a bit of love. Say, you know, thank you so much for being so engaged and for being such a loyal member of my community. Tell them that, you know, you, you're thinking about creating this program and you wanted to offer them a like a VIP invitation to buy, you know, to get in early if they, if it's something that would be interested to them. Um, And you can be super honest, say, look, it's brand new. Um, I'm really just testing the waters. If I get, you know, 10 people or 20 people interested, then it's go time. Um, if not, then, you know, maybe let me know what it is you'd like me to, to create for you. And, you know, just sending that simple email and, you know, include a buy now button in there if you want to do it that way to make sure that you get people to commit. But if people are interested, um, then that's one way of that's one way of double checking. Another thing is doing, you know, like you see, particularly once you're in this online marketing world, like the challenge at the moment seems to be the big um, you know, the big pre-launch thing that everyone's doing. And the thing is you can do a challenge without having a launch coming up and then do it again later, if it gets a good response and then launch after it. But you can use that challenge as like a tester, um, to see really like, how is it that people are engaging with it? um, and what questions are they asking? So normally when you run some sort of challenge or anything like that online, um, People will be like, oh, but how do I do this? And you'll be able to see where people are getting stuck, where they might need extra help. And if you kind of create a product around those areas, then you've got a pretty good um, sort of gauge that that's, you know, people have told you that that's what they want. So a pretty good gauge that, you know, then it'll sort of be taken up as well.
0: Oh my gosh. Like you, that was such good info because I do challenges as well. So you, and honestly, that's kind of what we did from one of the challenges, even though I launched a program after it. So, but now the (laughs) second time around, I was like, oh, I'm going to tweak these things because of that challenge. So you guys, that is brilliant. Like just go get all it's gathering info, right? Like they're actually giving you your program. So I think people are, yeah, a lot of times we freak out because we're like, this is already out there. This is already done. No, people are still really wanting something. So just put something out there that you enjoy and then see what comes back. They give you the answer to the test, right?
1: Oh, exactly. And the whole, you know, oh, it's already being done. Um, someone else has already done it thing. Like I know, especially because now we're like, you know, we have businesses that are on the internet so we can see everybody's everything. <laughs> uh, but I just like it, to think of it as like, you know, the good old coffee shop analogy, particularly here in Melbourne. I, I could walk out my door and walk to about 25 different coffee, you know, coffee shops or mm-hmm. um, cafes, even about five minute radius. Like they're everywhere and they're all doing really well. And the thing is that some people prefer one over another and there'll be different reasons why, whether it's they like how they make the coffee or they like their croissants or they like the atmosphere or the location. Like every, you just got to, you can't let the fact that the other people are doing a, a similar thing worry you. You just got to go in there and make it as, good as you can make it and make it perfect for your people Mm. um because some people will learn better from others you know some people won't be your people and they'll go and buy you know competitors course and that's totally fine but then other people will need to hear it from you and only you can help them because you speak to them in a way that other people don't so Mm. don't yeah don't get stressed out by that either
0: (laughs) That's such a great point because, you know, I always think of it as like, I would never, can you imagine if someone limited you to just like one brand of clothing or brand of shoes or brand of food? And you're like, but I'm a consumer. I want all of it. (laughs) I'm going to get sick of this one brand, even if I love it right now, like I'm going to want to try variety. So, and that's the thing. You could have the most die hard person and you have to understand that they need variety too, but that's so beautiful because that means someone else's customer needs variety. You're not trying to take them because it's an abundant world you're trying to also give your flavor it's so awesome and that's that's why people are so successful that's why you're so successful it's such a mindset of abundance so what's been one of the toughest challenges that you have faced uh in your business um I think one of the
1: toughest things for me was when was making the decision to shut down my first business um because it was at a point, like, you know, I've been running it for nearly 10 years and we, you know, we're still growing, we're still profitable. We had a great team. Like the, I loved the girls who, um, worked on it. You know, we all kind of, we had this really cute little office and we did stuff like, you know, you'd have on Fridays, we'd make all these cocktails for, to shoot for blog posts, or we'd Mm. all be sitting around testing out nail polish colors and stuff like that. Like it was a fun gig. Um, But, you know, i had been doing it for 10 years. I didn't feel like I was still learning from it. I really was getting super passionate and super pumped up about secret bloggers business. And I felt like I was kind of being torn between the two and wasn't giving myself enough to either. And so I was like, okay, I kind of have to let this business go. And I went through the process of maybe looking to sell it. And I just, I couldn't they selling it. It was really weird. I was like, if I, all the, pe- the people who I spoke to who were interested, I was like, Oh no, I don't want you taking over my business. Like you'll, you'll ruin it. Or, um, and I just knew that if I sold it, it would kind of be like, you know, when you sort of keep an eye on an ex-boyfriend and watch them get married on Facebook <laughs> and stuff like that. I was like, Oh, I, I just, I can't do it. It's better, it's better to, um, it's better to sort of, you know, shut it down properly and, and let it go. And so I, yeah, I decided to close down a profitable business Um, to be able to focus on my other business, which was like for my other business was fabulous. It made my business kind of double because I had that double the amount of sort of time and energy and stuff. But it was such, it took me 18 months to make that decision. And I drove all of my friends and loved ones insane, workshopping at every possible scenario. (laughs) Mm. Um, And then in the end, when I actually made the decision and I, the worst part of it was, you know, telling my staff, but I did manage to kind of hook them all up with other jobs before I told them. So Mm. I was like, I was like, bad news. I'm closing the business, but good news. I found you all other jobs. So it's totally fine. <laughs> mm.
0: Okay. So why do you feel like it took you 18 months? Was it, you just, you just needed that time to create that conversation for your people or was it not clear? When, when did the moment of clarity come and what did it feel like? Why? Um, the moment of clarity came when I realized, cause I think I had this, that
1: this thing that I should sell it. Like mm. it's, again, it would be that, it will look like a failure if you just shut it down. Mm. Um, and I think the moment of clarity to me was like, well, I don't really care what other people like, this isn't about making other people feel good about me. It's about me feeling good. And for me, the idea of selling it actually didn't feel good at all. Um, so, and it wasn't a, and it, the other thing was, it wasn't about money either. So Everyone was like, well, how could you not sell it? You'll lose out on all this money. And I was like, well, I can always make more. Like, that's okay. It's not a, that's, I'm not hard up. Um, it's not going to bankrupt me or anything like that. It's going to be fine. So it was just going, okay, and that's, that's all right. Like, I can say no to what would potentially have been, you know, a multiple six figure, you know, payday. Um, and it actually, it felt good. I was like, no, that's, I'm good. I'm, and I, and I shut it. I made the decision. I woke up in the morning and I went and told everybody. And then it was like this, you know, a hundred pound weight was lifted off my shoulders. And
0: I was like
1: euphoric for about three days. <laughs> it, was, it was amazing, actually.
0: That's so powerful because so many of us, it's so easy. And I have done this many times in my life before. Like you get attached to something and it's working and your identity is, you know, right there alongside of it, (laughs) because maybe something was successful, you got attention for it, you know, you're feeling loved for it. And all of a sudden, if that ends, am I going to maybe not be in that spotlight anymore or known for this or people look up to me? Did you ever deal with that at all?
1: Yeah, I think for me, I had this real, um, so when I left my first job, because I had this sort of bit of like, I suppose, tension with my old boss. Mm -hmm. Um, and she basically just wasn't very nice. It, it was felt like quite a, you know, I wasn't the cool girl at school and she only liked the cool girls kind of yeah. thing. Like it was very childish playground-y kind of stuff, but that happens when you're in your early twenties yeah. <laughs> working in an office of hundred percent women. Um, so I left there, I suppose, with a little bit of something to prove. Um, and you know, my, my blog was getting 10 times the amount of readers that their magazine ever did and stuff like that like I've you know it was very much ingrained as you said in your identity as like I left and I proved them wrong so mm-hmm. you know that's um that was you know that kind of felt like it was important to me I suppose at the time and then it was having this I'm like well if I now go and shut it down I no longer have this really super successful business that's doing better than theirs mm-hmm. if that makes sense oh, so my, there was totally that yeah and it, I mean it's, it's just so these dumb stories that we tell ourselves like these little things and and I I'm trying to as I you know become more and more aware of these things is to go okay is that just a little is that just a little story I'm telling myself or is that actually an important thing that's going to you know is that is that actually intuition or is it just something holding me back it's kind of hard to differentiate between the two sometimes.
0: Yeah, but you're asking those questions. So I love that's such a, okay, so this is such a beautiful point that I wanna point out that you are going through a process in your head of, you know, when you feel that way, is this, is this story serving me anymore? Because in the beginning, really these stories can serve us. It's like, okay, that, you know, feeling that way and her being rude, that's motivation for me to get out of here. Like this pain is giving me the message, use this pain to go create yeah. something epic and rad because you love it and you know you're worth it. So you can use it for a while, but all of a sudden, if you're still using it and now, it's not really working for you because you're not loving it. You're asking, what do I love more? And is this okay to leave? Do I need this story anymore? Or did I prove it? So that is so beautiful. It's just asking better questions, right? So what did you ask yeah. yourself when you thought, okay, what is it that I'm going to do now that's really going to make me happy? Like, how did you know this was it?
1: Uh Yeah, I think it all came down to um, realizing, especially with my first business, the way that I had structured it, um, and I was very clear with myself to not do it in the second one, was I kind of gave away all of the work that I liked to other people to do, and I was left doing the stuff that I didn't love, Um, but it was like the important, you know, the money making stuff, so I was an ad salesperson and all of this stuff, and by and I'm not a salesperson. It's... Absolutely, it's why I left my first job was because I I was starting to get towards sales and I just had this moment like how have I and I you know I was working crazy hours um and it just it felt like quite a big responsibility as well because I had this big team and teams are expensive and I was like so I have to like bust my butt to make these massive sales targets every single month to be able to pay my team for them to do the fun work Mm. and I'm like, this isn't this isn't sustainable. I'm gonna burn out. I'm, you know, I felt myself kind of sabotaging myself because it's like I don't enjoy the sales part of it, which was such a big and important part of what I did to keep the business going. Mm -hmm. So I was like, well, you know, take a step back, take a step back. Like, why did you get into why did you start this business in the first place? And then part of it was, you know, to make a little bit of extra money, but it became so much more about freedom. I think as we said before, like I want to be able to have the freedom to do work that I love and do it when I like if I have a day where I'm like, Oh, I just, I feel like actually going outside and going, you know, going, taking my dog for a big walk. And I don't want to be like, Oh, I can't do that because I've got to make all these sales calls. And, you know, so I realized I'd given myself this job rather than, and it was a job that I never would have taken in the real world um, rather than really being like the CEO kind of role of the business and stuff. So I had, that was kind of a bit of a turning point for me where I started to then look at what are the things I need to let go of? How can I change how this is all working to give me that freedom and flexibility, which is the thing that I really was craving. And yeah, that getting rid of, that's what kind of started the process of going, okay, well, I've got to get rid of this business. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's, Sorry to answer your question. I went on a bit of a tangent,
0: but yeah. I love it. (laughs) A a tangent queen. Um, I was right there with you. So what would you tell somebody who right now is really inclined to a business like this, a business model like this, but is in a job like you were, maybe it's really good or maybe it's really bad, but leaving feels giant. Like it just feels like this giant mountain to climb and it feels really scary. What would you tell that person?
1: All right, well, I tell them not to do what I did, which was to go. I I went and bought a house before I quit my job because I thought they won't give me a loan once I've done it. (laughs) So don't do that because that's a little bit of extra added pressure. Um, No, I think everyone has to be able to do what kind of feels like you don't be super comfortable, but you've got to be able to set yourself up. So you feel safe enough to make this big, scary leap. So if that means that, you know, you need to save a certain amount of money first or something like that. Um, because I definitely think like go do the scary thing. You, you'll definitely regret not doing it more than you'll ever regret doing it. Like even if you try and it doesn't quite work out, like, which which is actually a story I haven't ever heard before. Like every person I know who's done this, who got, has gone, no, this is it. I'm committed. I'm going to make this happen. I've got an idea. I've been building, you know, building a bit of a community, which is something you can definitely be doing while you're still working and start building your community, start getting content out there and interacting and stuff like that. Like if, if you've got something to say, if you've got something to give and you've got like this burning fire that says you kind of have to do it, like, you know, you feel that pull there's no way you're going to let yourself fail either. So, you know, if you have to make, you know, take a few months to save up a little bit of a a buffer for yourself um, and to start building a community, I would do that. Like spend maybe the next six months while you're working, putting money aside and just building your audience and getting content out there. And then, you know, you've got to set, like maybe set a date or an amount or something like that for yourself. So you've got a hard deadline. And then just once you get there, do it, pull the plug. It's time, time to jump.
0: I love that setup in that timeline you gave, because it's so realistic. It's like if you it's not even anything you have to worry about if you look at it as something. OK, this is something I'm enjoying. I could almost view it as a hobby as long as I'm consistent. This is what I'm going to do. We're going to see where we're at, you know, in three months and six months. And when it's put that way, it's like, well, I want to do this anyway. I enjoy yeah. it. Was this like therapy for you when you first started doing it? Um, like just getting oh. your creation out there?
1: Oh, so much. Yeah. And having the, especially when I first started my first business, having the freedom to be able to write what I wanted to write about what I want to write, because coming from working in a magazine where everything you do comes back with like red crosses all over it. And you know that I I once got the feedback to make it sound more breathless. (laughs) I'm like, do you want me to just remove all the punctuation? Like, what do you mean? Make it sound breathless. So, you know, to then all of a sudden go, I'm allowed to write in my voice. I'm allowed to write about the stuff that I'm passionate about. This was uh, so much fun. Um, yeah, it's, it's, there's, there's no, you know, there, there is no plan B on this for me. I'm like, I'm not got, there's no way I'd ever go back to working for someone else now. Once you've kind of tasted it, um, it's just, it's not, it's a, um, not a possibility.
0: You know, I love the entire idea of just, this model, blogging, business, online. I, I I love doing it because it's such a beautiful way to express yourself. And I think where people get caught up is thinking that, they need to like that it needs to be like we talked about that needs to be perfect they have to know who they are what they're doing but really it's just it's literally about doing what you want to do now without waiting like whatever it is like that day if you feel more prone to talking about a recipe or maybe the next day it's shoes or maybe the next day it's like what you this new restaurant that you went and ate at with your friend like there's that's amazing. It's just being able to express what it is. And then what happens when we start expressing is you get that feedback. It's awesome. (laughs) It's so good. It's, it's,
1: it's amazing to think that, you know, you can be, I remember I sat down one day and I was looking at my Google Analytics because we had about, uh, at the end, there's like half a million people coming to the site every month. I was like, how many people is half a million people? Like if you sat down and thought about it, like that's my God. That's so many people and they're, you know, these are people who are, you know, get, you're helping in some way, like even if it's just helping them find a better pair of shoes or, you know, teaching them how to do a smoky eye or whatever it was that we we're doing on the fashion. It was, you know, you're giving, you're touching these people's lives in a tiny little way. And It was, it was kind of quite a, yeah, it was. It's been a a scary moment, actually. I kind of went, okay, let's let's not think about that too much. It's too many.
0: (laughs) It's (laughs) so so beautiful. Simply by following how you wanted to express yourself.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like these are – and, you know, and I hope now with my current business that I can take away some of the – you know, that confusing start stuff, like the tech stuff and the, you know, what is internet marketing and you know, and help people like help give them some frameworks to follow and stuff so that they can then just spend their time and spend their energy on expressing themselves, on creating the content and giving the value. And that's really what, you know, I try and set my programs up and, you know, the whole business and the blog posts and everything up to do is to go, okay. I'm a super nerd. I can take all of this hard stuff off you and tell you how to make it easy. Now you just go and, you know, create your content.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. That's like music to so many people's ears right now. So if we want to learn more about that, where is that at?
1: Um. So yeah, come over to secretbloggersbusiness.com. I've actually got a um, free workshop, which I'm running at the moment, which is called From Blog to Profit. And it's set up to help people like both entrepreneurs and I said it right? Infopreneurs, tricky word. Um, and you know, bloggers and even coaches, it's kind of going, going through the the 10 steps that I believe everyone with an online business needs to take. And that is a lot of it is around actually like mindset and doing your research and things like that and getting set up and, you know, knowing who your audience is, but it kind of takes you through these 10 steps that you need to take to make sure that your blog will be set up in a way that it gives you what you want, that it's going to be um, more easy to make profitable and, you know. And also I share sort of a bit more about my story on the things that I did and what did and didn't work as well. So um, that's over at jointheblogparty.com. If anyone wants to come and jump on in, it's um, about an hour. You'll need a pen. You need. There's always a lot, people taking a lot of notes. I get emails yeah. from people going, what did you say point eight was again? I, I missed it because I was writing down point seven. <laughs> that's
0: awesome.
1: <laughs> we go through a lot of information. But, yeah, it's, um, it's a, a really good place to start for people who are wanting to You know, either they've got a blog and they're wanting to now figure out how to monetize it or they're wanting to set up their own online business and they want to make sure they don't make the mistake I made in my first business and that you set it up in a way that's, you know, a few years down the track, you're kind of, it's not serving you and you have to shut it down and start again. Mm
0: clearly you've done all of that. You've been blogging since 2007. That is amazing. So you guys definitely go and check that out. What is the, like, what is the best thing that you've heard from somebody most exciting thing that you've heard from someone that you've worked with, um, as far as what has been maybe possible for them? Um,
1: I always, I love getting the stories back from people who have, you know, they thought they couldn't, they're like, Oh, no one would I think particularly around like creating online courses or coaching services or something like that, they're like, oh, no one wants to hear this from me. Um, oh, no, why would anyone buy this? And then they just, they go and they try it and people buy it and they're just blown away. And I think that's when the kind of like that veil gets lifted, people realize, oh my gosh, this is a possibility. This is this could really be a thing. Um, and then, you know, they then it's all about figuring out your marketing and, and how to, you know, grow, increase the sales and stuff like that. But it's that moment when people like sell, you know, they wrap up, all of the stuff that they're passionate about and excited about and into a product or a service, whatever it is. And they put it out there into the world and they're terrified because it's a really scary thing to do and people buy it. And then it's like, right, this is, this, this is legit. This we can, we can go do this now. And then it's like, it's go time. But I love that first, that first little, I, I suppose, awakening that they realize that what they have to say is valuable to people and that they're, you know, they're, readership does respect them and does value what they give and so much so that they're willing to actually hand over some of their hard-earned dollars for it so I love that that little moment
0: there oh yeah that's amazing all right so what is the most exciting thing that you are up to right now Right now, I'm redesigning one of my programs. Um,
1: it was a program I, I launched at the end of last year called Boss Squad, which originally I made as like a 12 month thing, and I've realized that that's probably a bit too long. So <laughs> yeah, I've, I've changed true. it to six months. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be launched in July, but it's um, I'm really every time every time I change a program, I sit back and go, okay, I've, I've seen people go through it, I've seen the results they've gotten. Okay, how can I make this now easier for them and better? Mm-hmm. And I've come up with like. Um, almost like this like a month-to-month step-by-step framework of what people need to do from the point they go, okay, I want to start monetizing through to having, um, you know, regular revenue coming in and we kind of every month there's like a, a set set of tasks that people need to go and do and I've gone and gotten, you know, like um, awesome sort of, you know, deals set up with people so they've got the tech, this tech stuff there and there's templates there so it's all very plug and play so they don't have to get bogged down in that stuff. Um, If it's like, you know, one of the months is building your email list. So I'm like, right, here's your, here's some email templates that you can just update. Here's some graphics you can use. Here's the actual sequences. You can just pop it into your CRM system and away you go. And then let's not worry about that too much and get onto the next bit. Mm. So I'm really, really excited about that. I keep going, oh, and I could do, oh, what if we gave them like um, website templates? And what if we gave them this? And so I just keep adding stuff to it. Uh, But it's, yeah, it's, it's going to be awesome. I'm very excited to launch that one.
0: Wow. Okay. That is awesome because I can tell you from someone who has an online business, if you're going to, if you're going to stop anywhere, if you're going to (laughs) quit, if something is going to totally feel like you are blocked, it's most likely going to be maybe something technical or because you feel like you don't have the resources, but it sounds like what you're creating or what you have is really, um, helping people maneuver around that. So is there like a common, do you find with the people that you work with, is there a common reason why people want to quit and what, do you tell them?
1: Um, I think people get really bogged down in the minutiae and then they spend so much time doing all these little, cause there's so many to like every business owners, your to-do list is insane. It's, and it can be as long, really it can be as long or short as you, as you let it be. Mm-hmm. But I find a lot of people, they spend all this time going, Oh, okay, well I've got to have the perfect, it's this, that P word again. Um, <laughs> you know, the perfect opt-in or the perfect this or the perfect that, or they're spending all this time going, okay, well, how, what time of day should I be posting on Facebook or how many characters should my tweet be? Or, you know, they just get so bogged down in these these, like tiny little details that really will probably only make a small amount of difference. And they don't know how to prioritize between those little things and the big stuff, which is going to really help to, you know, make them grow. And because they've then worn themselves out and, you know, they feel like they then don't have time because they've gotten used to doing all this busy work. They don't have time to then do that stuff that, you know, helps them to make money and helps them to grow their audience and all that kind of stuff. Mm. Then they just get burnt out. And it's like, well, it's just not possible for me because I don't have the time. I don't have the, you know, I've been doing this for so long and, um, I haven't gotten anywhere. And it's because they've been doing the wrong stuff for so long that they haven't, you know, it's, and it's just, it's heartbreaking to see all these people, um, uh, someone told me it's like it's like the little rocks not the big rocks like that you know you're trying to build a wall and they're doing it like with these tiny little rocks rather than going and figuring out how to lift those you know couple of big rocks and then you've got your walls so that's when people you know they get burnt out from going back and forth with all these tiny little rocks and they they don't get anywhere and it's it's really sad because they there's no reason necessarily that they couldn't have made it a success they were just kind of spending all their time and energy, which is a very limited resource on, um, the wrong stuff. Mm. So that, yeah, that was, I find that quite heartbreaking Mm. when I see people do
0: that. So speaking of time and energy, because we know how much work can go into this, how important is it for you to make sure that you are really mastering your schedule and making time for play or fun or self care? And how, how did you start to manage that? this is actually an area that I'm trying is probably
1: something I'm not the best on and is something I'm trying to prioritize more this year. Um, I've got it. It's the thing with me is that, you know, the business for a very long time has always come first and I've come second. So I've definitely sacrificed things around my health and stuff um, for my business and initially, and then it's like now breaking that pattern, um, which is something that I find actually quite tricky with, but I, for me, like for this year, I've just decided to give myself a bit of a, a mental break as in I'm not going to like beat myself up about, you know, maybe I don't work out enough or whatever it is. And instead, I've just tried to find stuff that's really fun. And that's more like play mm-hmm. versus stuff that feels like more work. Mm-hmm. So and I found that that's been really good, just having that mental shift. It's like, OK, I'm not saying I have to go and work out because I want to be thinner or something like that, which is. I'm then like, oh, well, that can, you know, that can wait. I'd rather send this email. Um, it's more like what, what's what's something that, you know, is actually going to improve my day for me mentally? Because sadly I'm not one of those people who, unlike, you know, who, all these fitness people listening are probably going to be going, oh, my God. But, you know, I don't like working out that much. I'm sorry. I think they're um, going to get it. But- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think they'll understand we all feel that way. <laughs> Um, but I do really like playing on my business, but yeah, I've just been trying to make time just for fun. So like I started getting singing lessons this year and Mm. I started, um, I booked out a four week holiday, which I've never done before. And I actually went and sat down in my calendar and I'm giving myself, um, every quarter a week off and it's not a holiday it's just a week off it's just mm. a week where I'm allowed to touch my business and I can just sit around and watch Netflix if I want to or I can go and spend time with my family or whatever it is but it's just um yeah I find that if it's scheduled in it'll happen but if it's not mm. then it it won't <laughs> mm,
0: of course that's so beautiful because when you are it's just like really making time for your happiness and on and honestly sometimes that can be even more important than just forcing yourself to go from grinding to exercise because it's like if you're really burnt out <laughs> what do you need the most right now could you just do like a really nice walk or could you just like you said go to your singing lesson a lot of times those things are just going to give you more energy and then naturally you're going to want to move your body more anyway if you're happy compared to sentencing yourself to a workout that you don't want to do and you're dreading and you're doing it for you know this reason of wanting to be a certain size or look or whatever and we all know that that doesn't work that's so easy to quit because it feels like crap so I love that you said that like sometimes it's maybe not starting with the workout maybe it's starting with a singing lesson and then seeing what happens from there (laughs) so that is so beautiful so what is um what is something that we haven't shared yet that you would love to leave this audience with
1: Oh, that's tricky one. Um, I think. I think the main thing is really if, if anyone's, I I, I, sorry, I'll go back. (laughs) I think the main thing is is really to look at particularly around creating content because I suppose that's kind of what I'm sort of known for and what I've spent the last ten years of my life doing Mm. is don't try and stop. Don't look sideways. Don't compare yourself to, you know. Uh, which I know is very hard, but to the other people in your space and how much they're doing and what they're doing, try and find that really nice crossover of what works for you and your schedule and your life and what is going to still give great value to your audience, and that's um, then then that's going to be really sustainable. And yeah, and just don't and don't worry so much about the yeah, what everyone else is doing. I find the second I go and look at it like a competitor's site, it just like derails me for like a couple of days where I start going, oh, maybe I should be doing this. And you start questioning everything and then that slows your momentum. So just fo- focus on yourself on figuring out what's right for you and your audience. And that's, you know, if you just do that, you will see progress. You will see your tribe build. You will see the, because you're giving people the value and that's kind of the most important thing, I think.
0: Oh, so good. Kate, I just want to acknowledge you and say thank you so much. This was so amazing. I got so many tips from it and I know this is going to impact so many people. So thank you for how you show up in the world. Ah, thank you so much for having me. It's been fun. Oh, good. And I always have one last question. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. So you have a really short elevator ride with someone. It's like 30 seconds and they look over at you, total stranger. And they say, how can I make myself happy? What do you say?
1: I say, what was the thing that you used to do when you were a kid that you just did for fun and you could do all day long? Mm. Just go and do that for a little bit. Um, I think that's that we kind of forget how to play as adults Mm -hmm. and often that's the stuff that really you know and if there's some way you can include that in your work or in what you do day to day or even if you just yeah like i said Mm. go to a singing lesson like i'm doing or something like that and it would just that that, you that little bit of joy comes back again it's like you don't
0: forget it and
1: um Mm Yeah. Enjoy is such a me. perfect igniter. <laughs> Thank
0: you so much. And you guys, if you loved this episode as much as I did, make sure you share it with your friends. And until next time, earn your happy. Bye, everyone. Thank you guys so much for spending this time with me on the Earn Your Happy podcast. I am so glad that you stopped by. to earn your happy. Thanks again, guys. Bye-bye.